Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. During a storm, the safest place for a ship is out at sea. Now, this might seem a little strange because it would seem natural for it to be tied safely to the dock. The problem is that during a really strong storm, when the wind and waves are really flexing their muscles, the ship can be repeatedly slammed against that same dock. And over time, it'll damage and potentially even destroy the ship. It's safest on the water during a storm because the ship was made to be on the water during a storm and during times of peace. Life can be much the same. While we may feel safe tied to the things we're used to or seemingly comforted by, we're actually safest in the arms of our Creator and His great plan for us. Now that still begs the question though, how do we navigate the waters of life and not sink? We explore that and more in our current series, Unsinkable, How to Navigate a Storm. Let's dive in together and continue the upward journey. Hey, so glad to have you. Thanks for being here. I want to welcome our online crew. We're so glad to have all of you guys 30 minutes early this week. Some of you guys, you'd come to church if we had service at 5.30, wouldn't you? You'd be up and you'd be here. Right? Right? Okay, 6.30. You'd be here. Good to be here at Upward today. We're in a series called Going Through a Storm. You feeling good today? I'm feeling old this morning. We used to call it baby dedication. It's now parent commissioning. And I was looking up here and said, I dedicated mom. I'm an old man. Congratulations, Brittany. Isn't that wonderful to see children, uh, see children dedicating their children to Jesus Christ? Praise God. We're in a storm, aren't we? Anybody been in a storm lately? Have you looked around lately? We're in a storm. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going to make it through this storm, and I'm going to make it through this storm because I'm on a ship that's going to make it through this storm. I'm on the only ship that's going to make it through this storm. It's called the kingdom of God. And the captain of my ship and your ship, if you believe in him, is Jesus Christ. And I can assure you, not only is he going to make it, he's already made it. And you're going to make it because you are with him. We're going to get through this stormy weather. We have a pandemic going on. Anybody sick of hearing the word COVID? Anybody sick and tired of hearing the word COVID? You just don't want to hear about it anymore? Here's what you do. Somebody told me this this week. They said, COVID, here's what it stands for. Now, you know what it really stands for, maybe. COVID stands for Christ, our victor, indeed. So every time you hear that word, don't think about a disease. Think about the fact that Christ is your victor, indeed, over this and over every other storm that you might be facing today. One of the greatest pandemics that people aren't talking about today is a pandemic of anxiety in our world. People are dying from panic and from anxiety because we have so much on us today. Children are struggling with anxiety at record levels. Teenagers are dealing with anxiety because so much is being put on us every day. Social media puts so much on us every day. I was thinking about it this week. Our family's had kind of a tough week with a couple things, and I've posted a couple of those things asking for prayer on social media. And I was so thankful for people that are praying, and and those things are working out really well. God is faithful as He always is. He's good, and we're going in such a great direction. But Alexa and I looked, and in our our email, texts, and social media, we had over a 1,000 people reach out to us and say, I'm praying for you. So thank you for that. It's just so wonderful 
wonderful to have a family who says, I'm praying, and who actually prays. Isn't it good to be a part of a family that prays for each other during storms? And as I got to thinking about that, I'm thinking, you know, there is something good about social media because you can put up a prayer request and a lot of people pray for you. But I thought it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because now we know about everybody's problems that we would not have heard about before. Somebody said it this way. They said, the reason we're so anxious is because our nervous system wasn't built to know and to carry the problems of the whole world. Can I get an amen on that? We just weren't built to carry the problems of the whole world. But if you've got enough friends or followers or whatever on social media, you'll be connected to problem after problem after problem. And it's so easy to start carrying those problems. Jesus put it this way in Luke chapter 21. uh, Jesus was talking about the last days and the end times. We've got it up on the screen. But I'm going to tell you what the King James Version says because I always heard this growing up as a child. And I wondered what it meant. He said that in the last days, men's hearts would fail them because of fear. And I always wondered, what is that? People just get scared and have heart attacks? What is it? Is it during the great tribulation period that people just fall dead everywhere? I think we're seeing some of the beginnings of that in our day-to-day when, when people's hearts are failing. They're literally dying from anxiety because they don't know what to do with all the storms that are boiling around them. Now, when I read the Scripture, there are several analogies that God compares His children, His church, to animals. He says, we are the sheep of His pasture. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it great to be a sheep? Now, before you get all political, God had this term before politics did, okay? So don't lose the beautiful analogy of sheep because of the way politics wants to use it. I'm glad that I am a sheep following the good shepherd, all right? You could be a sheep following some wrong shepherd, but I'm, when it's the good shepherd, I'm happy to be a sheep, aren't you? Aren't you? I love the analogy of a lion, The righteous are as bold as a lion, and I really love that. But I think my favorite one is when God talks about his people as eagles. I love birds, and my favorite bird is an eagle. Some years ago, we did an illustrated sermon, and we actually had a girl from a raptor group bring an eagle up here on this stage. And I was standing about here, and she was standing right about here with a beautiful golden eagle on her arm. And it was the most majestic creature I think I'd ever seen. And it was the most fearsome creature I think I'd ever seen. Have you ever been up close to an eagle? A golden eagle. She stood right about here that day. And that thing was about this big. That's pretty big. That thing had claws that were like as big as my hands. And she had on this thing protecting her arm. And that thing was just gripping her arm. And I thought... Please don't turn that thing loose. She had that thing chained to her and it was connected where it wouldn't fly. I really thought about, wouldn't it be cool if we could just have it fly over the audience all the way to the back? But who would catch it? And what if it didn't go where it was supposed to? It could have carried you off somewhere. So majestic. I asked her about that eagle and she said some amazing things about that eagle is this. Sorry, my phone alarm is going off telling me it's time for church. Isn't that exciting? I think I should know that already. 
She said the, the exciting thing about this eagle, the thing that excited me most, she said the vision of that bird is so incredible. The way it sees things is different from the way you see things. I said, explain that. She said, when that eagle looks at your shirt, pastor, the eagle doesn't see the shirt. He sees all the individual fibers that make up the shirt. She said this, and it blew me away. She said, that eagle, you could take a person with a penny and stand them out on upward road, and this eagle from right here could tell you the date on the penny. That's eyesight. Do you know the most amazing thing was She said this, she said, an eagle sees a storm differently from other birds. When an eagle looks at a storm, he doesn't see that storm like a buzzard does. You get a choice this morning. You can be an eagle or a buzzard. When a buzzard looks at a storm, a buzzard said, that thing's going to kill me. i got to go hide somewhere. Have you ever fallen prey to the thinking in your mind that everything in the world is out to destroy you? It's going to get me. It's going to destroy me. And buzzards make a lot of noise. They run away. They eat dead stuff. Lesson, you don't want to be a buzzard. But it sees storms as something to fear. An eagle, on the other hand, she said this. She said an eagle will actually fly towards a storm. Because an eagle understands that above every storm is a place of perfect peace. You're in one right now. Society's in a storm. This world is in a storm. But church, can I tell you something today? Can I tell you something watching online? Above this storm, there is a place of peace that God is calling His children to. And if we will look at this storm and say, listen, it's blowing, but it's only going to blow me higher. See, an eagle sees a storm as something to ride higher. You ever been in a plane that was in the middle of a storm? You ever seen lightning flashing just outside your window? That's not a fun place to be. I thought lightning was intimidating on the ground. When you're up there with it, it's even worse. And I'm in the cloud, and we're all in the cloud together, and the pilot pulls that yoke back, and he begins to sail a little higher. And then the most beautiful moment of a flight I've ever been in is when we've been in the darkness of a storm, and then we sail up above that storm cloud, and it looks like a perfect 80-degree day when there's not a cloud in the sky. The storm is now beneath you. Upward, can I tell you something this morning? Church family, can I tell you something this morning? Christians, can I tell you something this morning? We are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, and He is far above this storm. And if we're seated with Him, we are above this storm this morning. We have nothing to fear. We don't have to run away and hide. We don't have to squawk like a buzzard. We can rise up with Jesus above this thing to a place of peace in Him. You're going to come through this storm, and you're going to come through this storm better than you were when you went into it, because you're going to learn to ride the winds of a storm 
to a higher place where there is peace. Jesus is teaching you something. Book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says this, They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Anybody need renewed strength today? Anybody tired? The Bible said if you wait on Him, you will renew your strength and you will rise up, mount up with wings like eagles. You'll run and not be weary. You'll walk and not faint. Those who wait on the Lord. Now, if you didn't get in on it this week, now is your time to get in on it. We've started a prayer initiative. Our church family is praying. You can join us online. You can join us today. We're setting an alarm. You know the alarm that just went off on my phone? We're setting one twice a day. I am twice a day. You can pick just one a day. We're basing our prayers on 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, where God said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God said, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I've set an alarm on my clock twice a day, 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. Would you just set your alarm if you haven't done so already? And then it'll go off at 7.14. Morning, people. That's your time. If you're not awake at 7.14 a.m., set it for p.m. If you're not awake for either one of those, what are you doing? I hear that alarm go off and I hit my knees. We're praying three prayers together. Number one, a prayer of repentance. God, if there's anything evil in my life, and if there is, you tend to know it. This thing that I'm doing that's not right, Stop trying to be so holy. You know you got stuff. You know you got issues. Preachers got issues too. God, this thing, I'm laying it down right here before you today. I repent. Take it out of my life. Set me free. Second prayer is revelation. God, I want to know you like I've never known you before. Show me your glory. Show me your face. Show me who you are. The third prayer is restoration. Lord, bring healing to our land. Lord, run COVID out of our lives. And bring a spiritual healing to our land. 714, we're praying those prayers together. And I tell you what, I'm feeling those prayers take hold. As we wait on the Lord, we rise up above this storm. Now we're going to jump into Acts chapter 27 quickly. And we're going to look at how we can soar like an eagle through the storm. Now last week we talked about this. If you want to soar and navigate through this storm, number one, you've got to put God in the driver's seat. Can we say that together? We're going to put God in the driver's seat. We're going to take our hands off the rudder, and we're going to let God sail this ship. And no matter how stormy or wavy it gets, God's going to take us in the right direction towards our destiny, even in a storm. So number one, you got to put God in the driver's seat. Look at your neighbor and say, God's in the driver's seat this morning. Second, you got to listen to the right people. It's critical in the storm. Listen to the right people. Now, I'm going to break that down for you this morning, make it easy. Some of us here today, and some of us online, we just need to get that first word right. Listen. Some of us are far better at talking than we are listening. Some of us think we know what's right And if everybody else would just listen to us, they'd be better off. 
And I might just fit into that group really neatly. First of all, we need to listen. I've learned this. I'm not as smart as I think I am. I'm not as right about everything as I think I am. I have a whole lot to learn still. And I don't often learn stuff when I'm talking. I've had to work on listening. Somebody will talk to me and they'll start telling me a problem. And then I'll just quickly start talking. Because I think I know what they're going to say. And I've got a ready-made solution. Anybody ever done that? People start talking to you and you're like, oh, oh, you don't even need to go on. I got this. I'll fix this. Shut up and listen. We've got to open our ears. Jesus said in the book of Revelation over and over, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. You know what that tells me? In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is still speaking to the church. God is still talking to the church. He never closed his mouth. Maybe we closed our ears, but God never stopped talking. And if we will slow down and stop talking and listen, we will hear what God is saying. You can hear from God. People come to me sometimes and say, Preacher, I know you're a man of God. Because what you preached this morning, we were talking about on the way to church. You must have this incredible relationship with God. And I have to stop them and say, no, you were talking about it on the way to church because you heard God talking to you. Just like I heard Him talking to me. This isn't some miracle that we need to figure out. We've just been talking to and listening to the same person. He's still talking. We've just got to learn to listen. Now, we've got to learn to listen. But the other thing is this. We've got to learn to listen to the right people. Some of us listen. We just always listen to the wrong people that take us in the wrong direction. Acts chapter 27. They're, they're sailing with Paul. And if you don't have the background, jump back and listen to last week. Paul is a prisoner on a ship. He's headed to Rome to testify before Caesar. And he's on a ship with about 270 other people sailing uh, through from, uh, from uh, Caesarea. And he's sailing to Rome. And they go up under an island called Crete. And they stop in a place called Fair Havens. And the sailors didn't want to stay there. They wanted to go on further to the west of the island to a place called Phoenix. And Paul said this, they're, they're in a place called Fair Havens, they're in a stormy season, and they say, let's just keep going, we can get to Phoenix, and then we'll stay there for the winter. Paul said this, verse 10, he said, men, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on, shipwreck, loss of cargo, and danger to our lives as well. Paul is saying, guys, we need to stay put. Sometimes that's the best advice you need. You need people to say go, but you also need people to say slow down. You need people who know when it's time to move, and you need to have somebody in your life that can say stop. You need to have somebody in your life that's not impressed with you. You got to have a friend in your life that doesn't care if you get mad. 
Amen. Amen. Good preaching up here, Pastor. You got to have somebody that can get in your face and say, You're blowing it. <laughs> Too many of us cultivate relationships with people who just agree with us. If you got a friend who's willing to put a finger in your face in love, you got a real friend there and you better hang on to them. If your friends never correct you, you need to find better friends. Paul said, Man, hold up. I know how it looks. It looks like Phoenix is a better harbor to spend the winter. But listen, there's trouble ahead. If you keep going forward, there's going to be loss of cargo. Ship's going to wreck. And there's going to be danger to our lives. But listen to what it said. Verse 11 said, But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner than to Paul. They got in this shipwreck. Because they didn't listen to the right person. Any of you ever seen that in your life? Have you ever been in a storm? How many have ever been in a storm just because you wouldn't listen? Somebody tried to tell you, whoa, big guy, slow down. And you thought you knew better than them. Think about it. Could that have been you? There's nothing wrong with making a mistake like this. There is something wrong with repeating it over and over and over again. Everybody's probably not listened, thought you knew better, and sailed right into the teeth of a storm. But you need to step back for a minute and take stock of that in your life. And if that's become a habit in your life of not listening to people and sailing into storm after storm after storm, you need to sit back and take a look at it and wake up a little bit and say, I'm not quite as smart as I thought I was because I keep sailing into trouble. They didn't listen to Paul. Then it said this, Verse 12, since Fairhavens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go to Phoenix. This, this story tells us a couple things. Number one, sometimes the experts are wrong. Now, everybody's an expert today. You ever heard a person on, uh, on social media say, listen, I know what I'm talking about. I've done the research. That means they Googled it and clicked on the first website that agreed with them. Boy, I could get in some trouble here today. Here's the deal. You get on the internet, you'll find somebody that agrees with you, no matter what you believe. I promise you today, whichever side you want to take on any issues out there, you can Google it and find 10 sites that agree with you. And I can find 10 that disagree with you. The so-called experts are not always right. You know what an expert is, right? Expert. An ex is a has-been. A spurt is a drip under pressure. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? That's scholarly there. I researched that and put that together. Expert. A self-proclaimed expert will not necessarily lead you in the right direction. Now... In this day, it was the, the, the officer in charge of the prisoners had to make this decision, and it was important for him to right, make the right decision. 
Any first responders here today? Any first, can you lift your hands if you're a first responder or have been in your life? Let's give these a hand. As we remember, we remember 9-11, we need to thank people like this and appreciate them so much, law enforcement officers. These officers on this ship, this was really tough. If you had a prisoner you were responsible for escaped, you got his punishment. So you had all kinds of reasons to want to make sure that you kept your prisoners. But the experts of the day, the sailors, the captain of the ship, and the owner of the ship said, we need to go on to Phoenix. And what they didn't realize is, in this case, the experts were wrong. I want to tell you something else from this story. Many, many times, the majority is wrong. Just because everybody voted for it does not make it right. Just because the polls say this is the direction we ought to go does not make it right. It's one of the challenges in living in a nation where there is democracy. Sometimes people vote for stuff that's not right. I would rather still live in a democracy with trouble than live under any sort of dictatorship, right? Wouldn't you? And I I intend to keep on living that way. But the majority can be wrong. Sometimes we go hiking and we're out on a trail and we don't know where the trail goes. And sometimes we'll say, well, most everybody's going that way. Boy, that does not always lead you to the place you want to go. Many times the majority is wrong. Here's another thing. They're, they're sitting there in this harbor and the clock's ticking and the weather's going to get worse. They're under pressure. And I added this in here. Most of the time, decisions made under pressure are wrong. Maybe today you're facing a big decision and you're feeling the pressure of, I've got to rush and make this decision. Let me tell you what I've learned. When I'm feeling rushed to make a decision, that's usually my enemy who's pressuring my heart because he wants to push me somewhere that I don't want to go. So there may be somebody here online this morning listening to this, and you're feeling pressure to make a quick decision. Paul said the right thing for us to do right now is to stay put. And many times when you don't know what to do, the best thing is to do nothing until God shows you the next step. The enemy will try to lead you by pressure and guilt and condemnation. The Holy Spirit will lead you with peace. Amen. Amen. So many times the experts are wrong. Many times the majority is wrong. Most of the time decisions made under pressure are wrong. Now let's look quickly. Verse 21 through 25. It says no one had eaten for a long time. Everybody's hangry now. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place. Don't you love the opportunities you get to say that? Don't you? I've heard people say, well, I don't like to say I told you so. They're lying. Everybody loves it. I love to say I told you so. I just love being right. Anybody with me? Lift your hands if you like being right. I know that. I knew that about you. If I forewarn somebody and say you shouldn't do that or this will happen, and then they do it, and it happens, I love to just show up and say, oh yeah, I tried to tell all of you. If you'd only done, I want to say that to some people today. 
tried to warn you about where this would lead us. Paul said, if you'd listened to me, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. How many times in our life, in my life, and I'll bet in yours, if I'd only listened, I could have avoided a whole lot of damage and loss. But then Paul said this, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage. I believe God. It will be just as he said. Paul said, listen, I have heard from God. And God told me that I'm going to be okay. And God told me he's making a gift to me that everybody that's with me is going to be okay. See, they got into the storm because they didn't listen to Paul. They got through the storm because they repented and started listening to Paul. Who you listen to determines whether or not you're going to make it through this storm. How do I pick them? See, Paul wasn't the obvious choice. We look back on him and say, oh, that's the Apostle Paul. That's the guy that wrote all the New Testament, almost all of it. That's the great Apostle Paul. They just saw him as a prisoner. He was a radical preacher. They looked at the captain and they looked at the owner and said, that's the one to follow. When they had the guy on board, they should have listened to. How do I know who to listen to? I'm going to give you three things really quick. And Kelly, one of them, I didn't even put up there on the slide. Number one, listen to people who listen. Listen to listeners. Specifically, listen to people who listen to God. God still speaks. God's still talking. And it's not just the preachers that are hearing from me. I called a guy in the ICU. He was struggling with pneumonia. And I said, man, how you doing? He said, the most awesome thing happened to me today. I'm in ICU. He said, my doctor came to see me. He said, my doctor went out. And a few minutes later, he came back in the room. And my doctor said, listen, bud, the Holy Spirit called me to come back here and to pray for you. And he said, my doctor heard from God and prayed for me. People are still hearing from God and God's still speaking today. You need to listen to people who are listening to what he says. Number one, listen to people who listen. When they've got a promise from God, hang on to that promise. Keep a notebook full of them. Keep a file full of them. They'll get you through the storm. Secondly, this is the one that's not here. Listen to people who listen. Listen to people who lift you. I want you to write down, is anybody, oh, i got to preach fast. These three services make me run wide open. Have you talked to anybody in the past month that when you got finished talking, you felt better? Anybody? Write their name down right now. Put their name down. And purposefully spend some more time with them next month. I don't see some of you writing. This will save your life. Now, let's do the opposite. Any of you spend any time with the person, and after you was done, you were done, you was done. That's great grammar. After you were done, you felt like, oh, Lord, I need a pill. <laughs> Raise your hand. Anybody talk to them? Write their name down. Write it down. Some of you aren't writing. Love those people. 
but don't make a lot of time to listen to them. Find the people that lift you and be purposeful about meeting with them again. Can I get an amen this morning? People who listen to God, people who lift me, and lastly, people who learn. People who learn from experience. You want to get around somebody who's been through some storms. The one reason they did not know who they had in the boat with Paul. Paul in his lifetime was in how many shipwrecks? Not one, not two, not three. This was his fourth shipwreck. I'm not really sure I want to sail with Paul or not now. I don't know. But I can tell you what. The man had been through some storms. He knew what storms looked like. He knew what shipwrecks looked like. And when I'm in a storm, I want to listen to people that listen. I want to listen to people that lift. And I want to listen to people that learn. I don't want to listen to the hard head that's still banging his head up against the wall doing the same stupid thing that he's done ten times over and over. I love him, but I don't want to listen to him. I want to listen to the person who's made it through the storm. When you want marriage advice, guess what? You go to the person who's been married a long time and who has literal scars They've got a mark on the side of their head that looks like an iron. And they're still married. Listen. You with me? You don't want these perfect people who've never had an argument. Oh, we've been married 40 years. We've never had a crossword. Well, I'm not listening to you. I can't even relate to that. I want somebody who's been in the thick of the fight. I want somebody who's felt like giving up. I want somebody who's seen some storms and is raised higher above it. Those are the people you need to listen to, my friends. Get those people in your life. They're already there. You just got to make some time for them. You got to tune out some of the other voices and turn up, crank the volume on those people that give you hope. I was listening to a doctor the other day, and I'm quitting. I know it's time because I hear music. I talked to a doctor the other day, and uh, Doc said, I read this, wasn't talking to him. Doc said, I never tell a patient they're terminal. He said, I never speak that over any of my patients. He said, Because once you lose hope, you've lost everything. He said, I've run into many patients that I didn't know what to do next and there wasn't an obvious solution. But we kept praying, we kept believing, we kept fighting. And the Lord took some of them home. But that's even better. It's never terminal. You got to get people in your life that bring hope. So here's the word for today. You ready? Slow down. Don't make a quick decision. Listen to people who listen. Listen to people that lift you. And listen to people that learn. You're going to make it through this storm. If I've learned anything in the storms of my life here lately, I've learned that I'm not the Lone Ranger. That I need people in my life. Amen. So do you. Greatest thing we can know is we've got a friend that sticks closer than a brother, Jesus Christ.
Christ. And he's here for you today. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. We love you. We praise you today. We give this time. We give these people. We give this service to you. If you're here today, and today's your day to say yes to Jesus with heads bowed and eyes closed. Can I see your hand really quick? Somebody's saying, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning. I need him as the captain of my ship. Can I see your hand this morning? Anybody here today? I'm saying yes to him. Online, if you're saying yes to Jesus, there's a button there you can click, and we will rejoice with you that are saying yes to him. It's as simple as saying Jesus. Come Thanks so much for listening to this hour. week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.